And now, brought to you once again by CK and WWFD Productions, we bring you the next chapter of Popcorn and Monsters. Chapter 11. There's no place like home. Put yourself in the position of the outsider, the unusual, the freak. You have been put into a situation of displacement and strange scenery. What would be your first reactions? What would be the first thing to cross your mind as you took in these alien surroundings? You would, of course, look for a pack of playing cards. Woohoo! Found some! Wolfie, I'm not sure this is the time for rummy or snap. Oh, come on, Igor. We've got no idea how long till we get lumpy back. And when that weird time thing starts again, we can't move from here because it'll take us all our while to get them through. I'm not taking any chances on losing him again. Igor thought, but just for a moment, you have a very valid point. So, have we enough for bridge then? Not to be the party pooper, but would it not be a worthy notion to perhaps check out our surroundings? We are in a library. There may be clues that pertain to our situation. Why, Van Helsing? You are indeed the pooper of parties. But you've got a point. Okay, you lot, let's check this place out. They were most certainly in a library. Shelves upon shelves were laden with all sorts of books. Giant tomes right down to books that the borrowers would need a magnifying glass to see. From floor to ceiling, these keepers of words were the wallpaper of the room, giving it warmth. There were chairs that were deeper than a pub full of philosophers after fourteen bottles of absinthe. There were tables scattered around the room, looking as if they were a herd of hungry animals that had found an oasis of food. In other words, this place was not real, and this thought seemed to echo those of Igor. This place is not real. What do you mean it's not real? Wolfie picked up a book and dropped it on Mummy's toe. Oh, you could have just tapped the shelf, Wolfie. Yeah, but it's not as funny. What I mean is, you two, that this place is perfect. Look at these books. They're all in mint condition. Does that not just mean that somebody really looks after the books? No, Mummy, not at all. It was Van Helsing who took over the reins. For example, look at this. He reached into his bag and pulled out a book, or at least what used to be a book. This is a first edition, 187-year-old book about herbs and the power that they can possess when used in the right ways. It has proved invaluable to me, and you can see what this has done to it. It's battered, dog-eared, some pages are close to falling out, and the spine is broken. The same book is just behind your shoulder, Count. If you could pull it out, please. The Count found the book and pulled it from the shelf, and it was perfect. Not one crease on its impeccable cover. Maybe that just means it's never been read. Van Helsing continued. Not feasible, Wolfie. This is a textbook. Its sole purpose is to be used for the practical purpose of herbs. 
It's not rare and it's not valuable. So what's your point? That whoever's behind all this has a pretend library? I'm not sure I get the connection. You have said many times that you have smelt belief and that that seems to be exuding from the mystery source, correct? Aye. Well, after what you have said about movies, would it not just be a short stretch of the imagination to think that the same source would be as much into literature as into movies? Yeah, that's logical. But after having a quick look round, these titles, none of them really scream horror movie buff to me. There's books on herbs and their uses, camping, weather. I mean, it's hardly tales for the crypt. Here's a suggestion, then. If we follow Igor's thought process, and I think we should, as we don't have much else just now, why don't we scour these bookcases and maybe we'll stumble across something that may turn out to be a clue? Now that is a plan, Captain Helsing. Wolfie turned to the bookcase behind him and looked up. And up. And up. This may take a while. What on earth is this place? Is this hell? A very banal hell. Looking at the wallpaper, it could be. The Baron had hefted himself from the beanbag chair and was now exploring his new surroundings. It helped being a paranoid sociopath with a god complex because you were always on your toes. Every corner was checked, both floor and ceiling. Every piece of furniture had been thoroughly searched. This now meant that the innards of the beanbag chair and the couch were now strewn over the floor, looking like every child of the world's cuddly toy had exploded. The kitchen had been turned upside down. Literally. It seemed to be that the Baron's topsy-turvy brain had created some sort of topsy-turvy force field which had left the kettle and the toaster trapped on the ceiling. The strength of the Baron's mind was not to be underestimated. He may look weedy, but his mental capacity could scare Stephen Hawking. This place. It's nothing. Is that why I've been sent here? Am I trapped in some form of limbo that prevents me from carrying out any form of experiments? Experiments that could bring knowledge and enlightenment to a world that suffers in darkness? Is that it? You think that I can be controlled like this? Like a rat in a maze with no beginning or end? I cannot be held down by the works of gods or men. I am the Baron, and I will not be controlled. Say what you like about the criminally insane. They do drama awfully well. He had remembered a tune. He wasn't sure how he'd managed to remember the tune. He'd never heard one before. So how could he remember something he hadn't heard? It was a catchy little number. Probably a waltz by one of the Strausses. Maybe even had a touch of the Mozarts. Whatever it was, he was humming it. His deep resonance that sounded more like undersea drilling than humming, but it was being hummed in the right order, and it made him happy. So as Lumpy sat on the floor, staring at the walls, 
He thought of things that had no meaning to him. Tunes were just one example that seemed to fill his head. They would start cloudy, but they would soon solidify and become more than just woolly thoughts. They would take up shapes and forms and become memories. He was remembering who he had been. Lumpy's mind had been like a wasteland, with a howling gale whipping through the empty landscape, but now, now he had a whirlwind. Yes, it was still unfocused at the moment, but it was gathering pace, and it was going to change him. No, not change him, but make him as he used to be. Oh, God, we're getting nowhere, and not even fast. All we've found so far are books on herbs and plants in the great outdoors. We've been at this for hours, and there's been no clue yet, and I, for one, am one fed-up werewolf. Come, come now, Wolfie. Van Helsing placed a reassuring hand on the hairy creature's shoulder. Nobody said this would be easy. Wolfie started to growl, gently, but still noticeably. Van Helsing removed his hand very... Very slowly. There was a long, tension-filled pause, and then Mummy yelped, I have it! Well, keep it to yourself, said a stone-miffed Wolfie. No, I mean I know what we have to do. Oh, my drooping bandages, we've been so stupid! When does anything ever happen in this place? It's when the time slows, right? And the air thickens and all that. In the previous room, there was no projection till the time changed. The room before that, we had to wait for the door. All we have to do in this room is bide our time, and the clue will reveal itself. There was silence in the room again. The gang stared at the floor in a display of sudden realisation, also known as the OBE. The O-Blimey effect. Igor was the first to raise his face. He looked Mummy straight in the forehead and said, Mummy, I do believe you have probably just saved us hours of wasted time. It was so obvious that it simply did not register with any of us, until now at least. Well, what do we do in the time being? Wolfie, not one to be down for too long, perked up his ears and said, I spy. With a hearty laugh, Van Helsing looked at Wolfie. Oh, my hairy friend, never doubt that I would not hesitate to kill you. We should maybe have some form of plan. This was Igor again, always the practical. We do not know who we're going to be facing. Do not know if they're benevolent or or the opposite of benevolent. That would be malevolent. Thank you, Wolfie. Anyway, Can we formulate something, or are we just going to have to wait and see? It was Mummy who responded first. I'm not really sure what we can do. We don't know what's going to happen room to room. We don't know if we're being watched or monitored. Even though Wolfie senses belief in kindness, that could be manufactured. Mummy held up a bandaged hand to stop Wolfie's protests. I believe that you smell what you smell. I do. But how can we know that it's genuine and not something that's lulling us into a false sense of security? They looked towards Van Helsing. 
He wasn't their leader. There were no leaders in this group. But he did have the most extensive knowledge of weird occurrences and a room full of creatures that would be thought of as just ever so slightly odd by your casual observer. Sadly, Mummy has a valid point. We could be heading towards our doom as surely as Igor has 2020 vision. Wolfie, I do believe that what you smell is popcorn, but as that is a foodstuff, it'd be easy enough to do. As for the smell of belief, now that is interesting. Can that be faked? I have heard of lures before, of course, of traps being set by hunters of all shapes and sizes. Stumbled upon a siren once. Oh, boy, that was a close one. Helsing looked away wistfully, and then a memory made his face shudder with terror. Anyway, yes, it could be that our lives are already over as it were, but I do feel that we shall be brought face to face with whoever is behind this, this happening. And if that is the case, then we have a fighting chance to regain our freedom and be free to live the lives that we have chosen. I feel like we should be singing something after a speech like that, said Wolfie. How about we shall overcome? Or a verse of Kumbaya, perhaps? He may have been making a joke but Wolfie had a slight sheen in his eyes at the thought of Van Helsing's words. His chosen life, indeed. So that is the plan? We be very, very, and then jump the bad guys when we have the chance? Pretty much, Count, said Igor. We need to look out for each other, and that includes Lumpy when he comes through. What we don't need is anyone to get hurt by some unseen play of the cards. Which will be tough, but remember, after all, are we not monsters? <sighs> Lumpy had managed to doze off in the corner, probably all the excitement. His slight snore could have woken the undead. His eyes, though closed, were fluttering back and forth like marbles being flicked by an angry toddler. He was remembering again. There was a table. No, not a table. A slab. Cold, dry slab. And he was on it. And he was dead. How can he remember the thoughts of a dead man? He didn't understand. And he couldn't explain it. But that didn't change the fact that he knew that what he was remembering was as true as the bolts in his neck were iron. There was a storm raging. Lightning seared the same sky that the thunder was trying to destroy. The flashes remained on his eyes. They saw all, yet remained unmoved by the natural and fearsome display of power. There were voices, raised to be heard against the forceful weather. Raise the platform! Raise it now! Yes, master. He could feel the platform being slowly cranked to the hole in the castle roof, up to where the storm raged, yet he did not feel fear. His brain reassured his body, Don't worry, this is what we need to do to be who we were again. The platform finally stopped. The rain pounded his sallow face. He felt neither the cold nor the wind, but he could sense them. There was a man at the foot of the slab. A man of power, 
of great force and resolve. He knew this man. He was the man that was to give him his lives back. He was the father, the creator. Ow! Right, you little... That is it! The Baron, this father, this creator, had managed to electrocute himself on the toaster again. Give me my toast! The bread had caught on the lip of the toaster and the genius was using a knife in an attempt to retrieve it. How had he managed to create life from the substance of death? Finally retrieving his snack, the Baron made his way to his new place of operations. The room that had once just been a living area with a couch, small kitchen and of course the beanbag seemed to have bent to the mind of the sole occupant and it now looked like the Baron's laboratory from his castle, albeit with a few more plants. Machines lined the room but lay silent. The walls, instead of the pale red they had been, were now darkened stone. Tiny rivulets of water ran down the dank plaster. The roof was now a constant swirl. The look of the Milky Way with the threat of invading aliens. Proper aliens. They didn't want to phone home. They wanted to punch you in the face, repeatedly. At the moment, the Baron was resting against his new couch. Not quite like the old couch. This one was less comfortable and a bit more, well, slabby. And that's where we leave it for Chapter 11 of Popcorn and Monsters. Join the gang again in two weeks' time. Find out what they get up to. Till the next time, take care. Bye for now. And now it's time to shout out the producers of Popcorn and Monsters, and they are the $8 patrons. Who are Kelly Van Dutch surname, Courtney Eli, Rachel Miller, Amber Shilder, Carla Crawford, Connie, Fiber Ash, Dalen Pear, Brandy Johnson, Kristen Dunaway, Nicole Snyder, Nietzsche Florea, Katie Bischoff, Happy belated birthday, by the way. Samantha Mason, Ali, Leah Schultz, and Alicia Tully. Thank you once again. If you'd like to become a patron for Popcorn and Monsters, simply head to patreon.com forward slash popcorn and monsters. If you'd like to become a patron for Popcorn and Monsters, simply head to patreon.com forward slash popcorn and monsters. Our $1 tier, you get a mention on the show when you join up. Our $5 tier, you get a sticker and a badge or a button, whatever you happen to call them, and I mentioned on the show, at $8, you get all the previous rewards, plus, after two months of support, you get an exclusive mug, not available anywhere else, that's tailored just to you. Plus, you get a mention after every episode. So if that's something you think that you might like, pop over to the link tree and click on the link. But till next time, have your tickets ready for the next episode. Bye for now.